Thank you for joining us this month for another episode of Fraud Talk, the ACFE's monthly podcast. I am Mandy Moody, the media manager here at the ACFE, and today I am honored to be joined by Lacelli Pennings. Lacelli is the former special agent with the U.S. Department of State and Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration, and she is also our new Deputy Program Director here at the ACFE. And along with Lacelli is Andy McNeil. She is a CFE and CPA and the head of our research department here. And she was a CPA in a former life. I invited these two women here today because I wanted to talk about something that came up at our ACFE Global Fraud Conference. We had our first ever Women in the Anti-Fraud Profession panel in June in Baltimore and it was a huge success and so I didn't want to limit it to just the women that were at that conference and attended that session so I thought we would open this up for a podcast and go over some of the things we talked about there as well as some new um, aspects of working in the anti-fraud profession, working in the anti-fraud field, and also overall being a leader. So thank you for joining me today, Lacelli and Andy. Thanks for having having me. Before we begin, why don't you each kind of give me a short recap of your professional lives up until now. Okay, I'll start. I'm Andy. And as Mandy mentioned, in my past professional life, I was a CPA. I still am a CPA, but I worked at a CPA firm and did um, all sorts of uh, auditing and accounting engagements for different clients in different industries. Um, And did that for a few years and uh, enjoyed it for the most part, but really was interested in the fraud angle and decided I wanted to pursue that further. Um, And that basically led me to join the ACFE as a member, start looking into it, and and, uh, eventually reach out to the ACFE um, and through a series of emails with Dr. Wells, our founder, I ended up getting a job here. So I started out as a writer in the research department and have um, worked my way through the ranks here and am now heading up the research team. This is Lacelli. Um, I was a special agent for 15 years with the U.S. Department of State, um, during which time I was an attache in Latin America and Europe, and I was a resident agent in charge in the uh, Texas office in El Paso. And I also served as a special agent with Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration. Great. So I kind of wanted people to see kind of where you started and where you are now. And I guess if we could go back to the beginning, (laughs) and you might even talk a little bit about childhood. I know some of these traits and characteristics that we see in female leaders today have started. Um, We are actually all mothers of girls. So... I think we could all easily say that we see traits of leadership, which is what they call bossiness now, (laughs) which I love, um, in our own girls. But kind of what did you see in yourself early on that may have led to the career that you chose and the path that you chose and really kind of how you were able to move forward? You know, did you even see that growing up? Were you maybe a different person growing up and then you had to learn these skills? Um, So I guess kind of tell me more about that and and what you might have seen early on, or even in your early college education? Um, so I think there are definitely some traits looking back that um, maybe at the time I would never have put together as contributing to where I am now, but with, now that I do look back, I see them. Um, I've always been very analytical. I've always liked 
you know, figuring out pieces of a puzzle, whether it's, um, you know, more mathematical and that definitely lended itself to the accounting side of me or even the sort of human puzzle and why people operate the way they do and why they make the choices the way they do. You know, I definitely flirted with a psychology major at one point in time and ended up deciding against that, but that interest is definitely there and that certainly played into um, the fraud angle in, in terms of my interest. Um, as far as the leadership side, that I don't know. I don't know that I would say I was necessarily a leader growing up. I think that's certainly a more um, hopefully learned skill set that I've acquired over the last decade of my career. But um, I do, I, I also like that they've changed it to leadership instead of bossy as the mother of a girl. I think we've got a lot of room there that we can say um, this is what the face of the future for leading looks like for girls. So, Do you think that... I'm looking back on my own career and as far as my own leadership skills, but do you think that someone saw something in you that spurred your leadership? Or do you think that you just kind of grew into it yourself and wanted to go after a leadership position? That's a great question. I don't know that I ever set out to be in a leadership position, honestly. So I, I hope it was that somebody saw something in me. Um, I do think that one of... Uh, Maybe the things that lent itself to that was that I um, try. I've always tried to be very adaptable in my professional approach in terms of what's required of me and what else I can take on and what else I can learn because I love to um, learn everything I can. So I think maybe it was a matter of both there, but not necessarily that I set out saying, "Yeah, I'm gonna. I want to manage, you know, a team. I want to be a leader necessarily." Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that that was something that I was one of my career goals early on. Sally? Okay, well, <clears throat> when I was young, I was fairly driven and independent, and I liked solving crimes and mysteries, and um, although I did play with Barbies, the only capacity I played with them was solving murder and crime and <laughs> mysteries, and so from a very young age, I played special agent, and it was something I always wanted to do. Um, I was very creative and challenge-driven, so if some, there was something that my cousins did that I couldn't do or somebody else did that I wasn't allowed to do, I always found a way to do it. And so I think that kind of guided me through my career because I was in a very male-dominated field. So I kind of pushed myself to a challenge-driven, mystery-solving mm -hmm. career. <laughs> did you, would you equate that to being competitive or more like you wanted to master what you saw somebody else master or that you wanted to do it better than what you saw somebody else doing? I think I was competitive, but I also think as a child, if there was something I couldn't do, I would do it over and over until I perfected it. And so I was also a perfectionist, which can be a pro and a con, but it was one of the things that drove me to do what I did. So now that you are both in leadership positions and have been, let's talk about some of the advantages and disadvantages of being a female leader or being a woman in the workplace. Um, have you ever felt, let's start with the advantage. <laughs> so this came up in our women's panel, which uh, Lacelli sat on, that some of our fraud investigators and our women leaders felt at an advantage being a woman because they said, especially during interviewing, um, suspects opened up a little more. They felt more comfortable with a woman. They felt like a woman was listening more. So they were able to use that in their interviews and in their investigations. Lacelli, for you, advantages of 
of being female in the world that you were in for so many years? I saw a big advantage in the few female agents that were in different uh, federal departments. The ability to handle stress was one, believe it or not. Um, it's scientifically a fact that men tend to have more myopic or tunnel vision, and it's just naturally ingrained in them, whereas women can see a broader perspective and are more able to multitask. So I thought, I saw firsthand, um, and I think that females in certain careers and in most careers have a bigger ability to handle stress and to do lots of, lots of things at the same time while they're juggling the stress, as well as intuitive intelligence. I think that women tend to be very intuitive, and it's listening to your sixth sense, especially as an investigator, and especially when you're dealing with fraud, is very important and something that women are very, very gifted with. So, at, in the women's panel at the conference, I think we were very good at not getting into a man-bashing session. I think we were able to constructively talk about some disadvantages and some situations that women have faced. So what are those disadvantages and kind of how did you overcome them? I did at times feel some disadvantages um, because I, I worked, I always worked in a male-dominated field. I think it's normal for societal accepted gender roles to be continued and followed and seen in, a, in your professional career and it's, it's something that you kind of expect, if that makes any sense. Um, and it's very prevalent in law enforcement as well. Um, I think that sometimes because of the socially accepted gender roles that are, that are dictated, men feel intimidated by women in law, in law enforcement and in leadership positions. And so, yes, I sometimes felt that I was treated differently, but I realized that it wasn't my problem that someone had a problem that I was a woman in a male-dominated field. I felt it was their problem. So I kind of used it in my advantage to, to build upon myself and perfect the things that I wanted to do and focus on myself as a professional and just remove the gender role, if that makes sense. So it kind of liberated me from worrying about what they thought mm -hmm. because I was a woman and I was compared to other um, leaders in my profession, I was half their age. So that was another disadvantage. So that's kind of how I dealt with it. Um, oddly enough, I also felt um, and received criticism from other women who were not in professional fields or who chose to stay home with children. I, I kind of saw it from both sides and I also just embraced that as well. We're different and everybody mm -hmm. has a different end goal, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. One of the women on the panel, Sharon Curry, she is a in a leadership position at Walmart, and she mentioned using humor a lot to kind of deflect situations, to lessen awkwardness or anything. Um, and that's something that I'm very familiar with. I mean, I use humor a ton uh, to to help in situations. <laughs> I think I think humor lends itself naturally to building rapport and I think a lot of succeeding regardless of um, you know gender but maybe especially um, if you're in a dynamic where there is a gender imbalance for example um, really sort of adapting to the conversation style the communication style and I think humor can really help open that up and kind of identify what's going to be the tone of this discussion or at least maybe 
put the whole group at ease. And so I think that's a really fantastic point that Sharon made. Yeah. So one of the other key takeaways that I personally got from the panel was the importance of confidence. And even one of the women on the panel said the importance of fake confidence. Fake until you make it. Uh, yeah, it, that yeah. was those were her exact words. Tiffany Couch, one of our regents, was like, "You just do it till it till it happens." For both of you, what do you do? Like how that seems like one of those fundamental personality traits. Like either I'm confident, or you're confident, or you're not. You know, like either you're shy or you're outgoing. But uh, I think as we got, as we learned in that panel, you know, you can grow your confidence, especially your professional confidence. You know, there are a lot of women I know that are powerhouses in the office and then, you know, at home maybe they're really insecure or vice versa. You know, so how do you go about it if it doesn't come naturally or if you genuinely are intimidated or don't feel confident in what you're doing, especially if you're younger? just starting out, but I guess kind of tell me both your experiences with your own confidence levels and how you've been able to remain um, above water, I guess, and how you use that, why it's so important. I remember early on starting out feeling extremely intimidated, not necessarily by the specific individuals that I worked with, but just because I was working with people that knew so much more than I did, right? And I think... uh, for me personally, that's going to be the situation that makes me feel the least confident. I think my confidence often comes from just, okay, I know what I need to know in this situation, and I know that what I can convey to the others that, you know, that can help with decision-making or with moving this conversation forward or whatever it is. For me, I think the way that I found that confidence was making it clear that I wanted to learn more. I'm going to ask questions, and it's not because I don't know what I'm doing necessarily, but it's because I want to keep growing what I'm doing. I want to learn more. And as I did learn more, that confidence sort of came naturally. And I think even to this day, if I walk into a situation where I'm feeling less than confident about it, I'm going to likely approach it by projecting some of that confidence, that sort of that fake it till you make it attitude, but also waiting to really assertively contribute until I feel like I've gotten the information I need to do so from a place of confidence. So I think that's kind of how I navigated that personally and and I think how I still do. Mm -hmm. I have to echo what she said. Um, I think projecting an image of confidence, even if you aren't confident, walking in a room with your head held high, looking people in the eye when you talk to them, and learning and being as much of an expert in your field. So if you don't know something, finding out. And then just being yourself and injecting humor in things. Sometimes not taking yourself so seriously actually makes you seem more confident than when you take everything too seriously. So those are some of the things that I've noticed. Mandy, you always strike me as super confident too. What about you? I think that a lot of mine was was faking it for years before it actually came naturally. Um, and it's also what you said, I think being comfortable and knowledgeable in the field that you're in, because I'm completely different from the both of you. I'm in a marketing field and um, I think for a while I was in a field where I wasn't as strong. And so with that comes doubts about what you're doing. And so once I found my home (laughs) as a marketer, that's when you're able to really hone your confidence because you're actually you're becoming an expert in it um and my dad always told me 
it, it, you might, you're not going to know everything, but you need to know where to go to get it. And that's what I've really tried to use here at the ACFE and in all my professions is I might not know the answer, um, but I think like you said, like you both said, there's a lot of confidence in knowing either where to get it or that you can get it or that you'll learn it or that you'll ask somebody because that takes a lot of, a lot of guts to say, I don't know, but I will find out for you, you know, and, and that's the difference I think between navigating my way through leadership and kind of sitting back and maybe not and just staying as a as a supporter as in a support position is you know having the courage to say I, I don't know well I think that's perfect I think that's a, one of the best pieces of advice I've ever heard is that there's a difference between the people that say I don't know and the people that say I don't know but I'll find out yeah. And I think that's that's a huge step into the leadership role. And I think for anybody that's interested in getting a leadership role, that may be yeah. um, a huge point to consider. And genuinely wanting to find out. Absolutely. No, <laughs> from, a, from and, an honest yeah, place. And Absolutely. not just saying that because you think somebody else wants yeah. to hear that, but actually knowing, okay, in order for me to be better, yeah. in order for me to become an expert, in order for people to take me seriously, and in order for me to do my job the best way I can, i got to figure out how to do this. Exactly. You have both worked in professions heavily dominated by males. Uh, Lacelli is a diplomat, Andy is an accountant. Did you ever feel intimidated or outnumbered? Um, and if so, how did you deal with it? Do you think about that when you're at, when you're in a meeting? Do, does that really, I mean, I've thought about the age thing so many times, like, oh my God, I'm so young. Um, even when I was in my 20s, I was just like, oh my God, I'm so young, I don't know if they're going to take me seriously. But do you think about the female-to-male ratio? I don't know. I think it's hard not to at least notice it. I don't know how much it affects me. But if I'm sitting in a room and there's myself and six males, it's hard for me to not at least have a thought. You know, I try to let that go pretty quickly and just bring me to that meeting, you know, regardless of that. But I think the age thing also is, is another one where if you're in a room where you're clearly the youngest... Um, and you're surrounded by people with a lot more experience than you, you may have that fleeting thought of, you know, how does this affect my perspective? But then you've got to fall back on what do I know? Where am I coming from with this? And how much, you know, how much can I contribute and to the conversation? Well, Sally? I've always been outnumbered as far as <laughs> being one of the few females in law enforcement and as a diplomat, although there were more, a lot more women that were diplomats than special agents. And for me, I... At first, I dealt with it by being a little bit too tough and emotionless and to a point where one person told me, um, the only thing that you're lacking is to be a little bit more human. And I thought, that's when I knew that I was losing sight of who I was to, be, to overcome my, the fact that I was intimidated. And then I just started being myself, um, injecting humor and, and trying to be more compassionate and just being being myself. But the age factor, I encountered that a lot and that was something that I faced all the time. All the attaches, we all had the same experience, but I started really, really young. So I had people... How old were you when you started? As a special agent, I was 22. So some of the attaches were usually more or less twice my age, although not all of them. So I already walked in, although we had the same time on, different, albeit same time of experience, um, I always felt that I had something to prove because I, I was much, much younger. So when they looked at me, they perceived this young person that didn't know. But 
I embraced that I wasn't like all my colleagues and that I was young and I could bring a different perspective. And mm -hmm. With age and wisdom, you kind of slowly get over that. Mm -hmm. um, advice for young women just starting out and, you know, even high school, you know, when you're thinking about, I mean, it's like I think you knew what you wanted to do when you were four or five. So advice that you would give even your younger self, you know, going into the working world or graduating from high school, what advice would would you give yourself? I, I think I would start with like give yourself credit. Don't don't shortchange yourself because um, like I said in those early years I really felt very intimidated working with people that knew a lot more than I did to the point where I probably didn't ask as many questions as I could have. Um, and I think part of that comes from learning how to ask those questions without you know, feeling super self-conscious about, you know, do I look dumb or, you know, are they going behind my, after this meeting and saying, what is she doing here? But um, knowing that asking questions can be valuable. So give yourself, cut yourself some slack. And then um, if you know what you want, go for it. Just fake it till you make it with the confidence, but believe that you can get there. Um, even because things are, maybe because things are changing, you know, I think even in the last decade or two, I absolutely think things have moved forward in that uh, that concept. And I think there's a lot of room for um, everyone coming out of school now that maybe if they know what they want to do, they, they just, they can make it happen if they believe in themselves, so. I would give the advice of not beating yourself up when you make a when you make a mistake and learning from it and just changing your course and getting yourself back up. Um, also picking your battles. That's important. That's a really good as well as don't take yourself so seriously. Mm -hmm. Laugh, smile and be just be yourself and don't worry so much about what other people think. I think we tend especially when we're young and females we tend to focus a lot on what other people think as opposed to what we want to accomplish. So those are a few. Well, thank you both so much for sitting down yeah, with me today. I really appreciate it. Um, I think this is a topic that we'll be hearing more about. We had really great feedback after the conference and I look forward to doing it again at next year's conference. Um, but thank you very much. This is Mandy Moody signing off for another episode of Fraud Talk. We look forward to meeting back with you next month. And you can find all of our podcasts at acfe.com slash podcast. See you next time.